Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. How many of you think it's important to keep a good sense of humor in life? Uh, this is not meant to diminish the sacredness, the significance of marriage, the value God places on it. But uh, a man looked up from his hospital bed and said to his wife, you know, you've always been with me when I've had trouble. When I lost everything in a bad investment, you were there. When I had the car accident, you were there with me. When I had the, uh, got fired from my job, you were there. Uh, when we had the flood and lost everything, you were there. When I broke my leg on the church softball team, you were there. I've realized that in all these misfortunes, you've been with me, and I now am beginning to realize that you must be bad luck. <laughs> One person said that marriage is nature's way of keeping people from fighting with strangers. Uh, husband apparently said to his wife, I love you more than yesterday. Yesterday, you really got on my nerves. Uh, one person said, just think, if it weren't for marriage, men would go through life thinking they had no faults at all. Another said, uh, my wife keeps complaining I never listen to her or something like that. Another said, before criticizing your wife's faults, uh, remember it may have been these very defects which prevented her from getting a better husband than the one she married. <laughs> Another said, before marriage, a man will lie awake thinking about something you said. After marriage, he'll fall asleep before you finish saying it. So what I read this morning, I didn't write it down, but a, a, a man was at his doctor and getting checked out. And he said, doctor, he said, I just, I cannot uh, do all the things my wife wants me to do, all the tasks and chores. And, and the doctor said, I, I want you to tell me why. And, and I don't want a bunch of medical mumbo jumbo. I just want you to put it into plain English. Uh, and the doctor said, well, if you want it in plain English, you're lazy. And the man said, okay, now explain it in medical terms so I can convey that to my wife. So anyway, uh, hopefully, you know, we're equal opportunity offenders. We don't want to pick on men or women, but uh, uh, we have to laugh to make it through life, don't we? Uh, I, before we jump into the message, I want to just say how much uh, Lisa and I love and appreciate Pastor Joe and Gina. I think you guys have absolutely one of the finest couples at the helm of this church. Uh, any pastors anywhere in the country. You've got some great, great people. Uh, we love and appreciate them very much. They are, they're not only loved by you guys and, and by us, but really Pastor Joe and Gina are respected by so many ministers all over. They just have a great reputation, great track record, and we really love and appreciate you, Pastor Joe. And I want to thank you guys as a church for being uh, so generous toward your church and giving your tithes and offerings here uh, here at Believer's Church. I know uh, Lisa and I, uh, we've been in ministry for 26 years, and or actually 36 years. Um, we've been married 35, and for the last 13 years, Lisa and I have traveled full-time. Uh, we've been to 26 countries, some of them several times. Uh, we've preached in 46 states, and, and for as long as I remember, this church has been extremely generous 
in helping us on a regular, uh, every month sending support to help us in our travels and what we do. And I just wanted to show you a couple pictures. Uh, first of all is our son and daughter, my wife and I, of course, on the ends. Our daughter has been here and doing some things with worship in the past, and we have some of her music out on our table, and our, she's still a worship leader. Our son, 28, about to turn 29. Uh, both of them are still single, so, you know, just keep that in mind. And... Um, <laughs> Our son is a worship leader as well, so we're real thankful for both of them. But I wanted to show you a picture from one of our trips earlier this year. Earlier this year, we ministered in Moscow and a couple places in Switzerland and France and Germany and Italy. This is a picture of the congregation in Russia. Uh, that church is in the heart of Moscow. Uh, many of you may know of Rick Renner and his ministry, Rick and Denise, and that is their church, and it's just full of of uh, people that love God passionately and, and the gospel is going forth in Russia and uh, it's a great, great church and it was good to be there along with many other churches in other countries. And just a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of traveling to Sao Paulo, Brazil and uh, did a pastor's conference there. Uh, I think that picture is gonna be coming up here soon. Uh, but in Brazil, there we are. Um, had hundreds of pastors, ministers gather there, and there's great revival uh, going on in Brazil. Uh, amazing things happening with the spread of the gospel. And then one project we're really uh, thrilled about that we have going on right now, we have seven books that we've written. Uh, they're available out there, but uh, we have four of them being translated into Arabic uh, that are going into the Muslim world. Uh, these books are uh, when they're completed, uh, they're going to be going into Bible schools and to pastors' hands across northern Africa and throughout the Middle East, and we are very, very excited about that. So we just want to say thank you for the help uh, that you guys have been, such the great blessing to our, our, our travels and our ministry, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, but I want to go ahead and tackle uh, this morning's message. I, I love it that Pastor Joe has been uh, preaching on uh, building better relationships. Is that the, the full title? And today we get to focus on building better marriages. And Lisa and I had a great time being with all of the couples that were at the marriage retreat this weekend. Uh, that was just a lot of fun. We really enjoyed our time with you. And for this morning's message, I just want to focus on three words. And they're the three words in this title, building better marriages. And I want to talk about each of those. I want to talk about what does it mean to build something? What does it mean to have something better? And then finally, we're just going to talk about marriage in general. But let's talk about the idea of building. Uh, one thing that Lisa and I have discovered in our 35 years of marriage, and I think most everybody has uh, come across this in uh, some shape, form, or fashion, is that good marriages don't just happen. Uh, a good marriage, a healthy marriage, a thriving marriage doesn't happen simply by default. Uh, a good marriage happens because a couple of people decide we're going to build a good marriage. We're going to build a healthy marriage. And anytime that you build something, uh, there is this idea, first of all, you have to have some picture of what it is that you're going to build. Can you imagine a person deciding to build a house and they had no blueprint? 
They had no idea of what the house was going to look like uh, when it was all complete. And you have to have a vision. You have to have a picture, an idea of what the marriage is going to look like. And obviously, you may not know every detail when you step into marriage, uh, but there should be certain commitments that we want to have a, a healthy marriage. Uh, we want to have a loving marriage. We want to have a marriage where there's mutual support. But you have a vision of what it is that you want to build. And there's a great verse in Proverbs that talks about it's Proverbs chapter 24 verses 3 and 4 that talks about uh, the whole concept of building and it says in Proverbs 24 uh, verses 3 and 4 it says through wisdom everybody say wisdom through wisdom a house is built if we're going to build a, a strong marriage if we're going to build anything in life that is going to be strong and solid and and good then we're going to have to have wisdom and one of the things that we have to do is make sure that we get wisdom from God. Because some people decide to build a marriage and they don't get wisdom from God. They simply repeat the behaviors of the past. And some of us may have come from very healthy homes. Some of us may have come from kind of dysfunctional homes. And if we just simply repeat old behaviors that we've seen, uh, we may not be getting the right results. So we need wisdom from God to know how to build the house well. Through wisdom, a house is built by understanding it is established, and by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. God wants us to build a solid home. He wants us to build uh, solid marriages. And it takes exactly what the Bible says. It takes wisdom, it takes knowledge, and it takes understanding to do that. Billy Graham made a, a very interesting observation. He said, a good marriage is not made in heaven, but on earth. And when I first heard that years and years ago, I kind of thought, well, I'm not sure if I agree with that. But, but I saw what he was saying, that a good marriage, he says, is not built in heaven, but on earth. Sometimes you'll hear about so-and-so, they have a marriage made in heaven. And uh, that's, that's quite a compliment. But the reality is we have to do the building here on earth. God can give us wisdom from heaven, but we have to put it into practice here. God may give us knowledge, but we have to act upon that knowledge in the way that we relate to one another. Uh, God can give us all the resources, and we can and should certainly look to Him for help, but it's what we do, it's how we communicate with one another, it's how we encourage one another that the building actually takes place here on earth. And so we want to be builders. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not tearing down our own marriages, our own relationships. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, he that, uh, he that troubles his own house shall inherit the wind. And there's a verse in Proverbs as well that says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her hands. So we want to be people that build the house, not tear the house down. So I need to make sure 
if I'm a husband and I want to have a good marriage, I need to make sure that I am continually building the house. Uh, a lot of people get frustrated in marriage because their primary focus is on what they expect from the house, what they expect from the relationship, but their, their focus needs to be on what they invest into the relationship into the marriage, into the house. If you're literally going to build a house, you may have an idea of, of the benefits you want from the house. You know, you envision living in a comfortable place, having a nice fireplace, having a nice kitchen and all these things. But before you ever uh, derive those benefits to enjoy, uh, you're going to have to invest a lot in that house before you begin to enjoy any benefits from the house. And I have found if our focus is on what we invest in the house and we understand that we're gonna continually throughout the duration of our lives and marriages be investing words of kindness and words of affirmation and words of support, words of encouragement, if we invest heavily in the relationship on a continual basis, there's a lot better chance we're gonna be experiencing benefits uh, from the relationship. But if all we do is expect to receive from the relationship and we don't have a focus on investing, then we're probably gonna end up pretty disappointed and pretty frustrated. So the first thing in building a better marriage is building. We have to understand I'm a builder. What am I building? Number two, let's look at the word better. I like the word better because it carries the idea that, that we can continually be increasing, we can continually be improving, and the word better is a realistic word. The word perfect is probably not too realistic. I'm glad Pastor Joe didn't give me the assignment of, of, of preaching on this topic, building a perfect marriage because I don't know that uh, I've done that or that anybody can do that. Uh, we're not trying to build a perfect marriage. We're trying to build what? A better marriage. Building a better marriage means that we have a realistic assessment of where we are now. I thought something Dr. Dobson said was very interesting. And when he first said it, I didn't quite agree with him. But then I began to see that, no, he's got a lot of wisdom. Dr. Dobson one time made the statement, he said, don't shoot for, don't strive for a great marriage. He said, strive for a good marriage. And he said, I'm not trying to get people to uh, not give their best effort, but he said, many times when people say, I want to have a great marriage, what they're really saying is, I want to have a perfect marriage. And when anything is not just perfect, then they're disappointed. But he said, just make it your goal to have a good marriage and be thankful for what you have. And he said, if your goal is a good marriage, you're probably being realistic in not expecting perfection. Because we know, to be honest, we can't give perfection. And so it's not really healthy to expect perfection. We can put more pressure in our expectations uh, on the other person and end up pressuring them and feeling frustrated ourselves. So let's focus on simply having a better marriage. Let's make progress and let's make it continually. 
Um, there are some essentials if we're going to have a better marriage. Um, one factor in that is simply friendship. You know, in our society, a lot of times, especially in movies and things like that, there's this emphasis on infatuation and romantic love and this euphoric love and that type of thing. And that may make for great movies, but in real life, um, you know, that the euphoria and the romance is going to be periodic. But I'll tell you one thing that can be consistent and can be a steadfast foundation in our relationships, and that is a foundation of friendship. I love what the Bible says in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 5, verse 16. And of course, Song of Solomon, to be honest, is a pretty uh, romantic book, um, you know, about very intense, passionate, romantic love. But in the midst of Song of Solomon in chapter 5, verse 16, it says, This is my lover, this is my friend. And if you maintain a solid friendship, if you uh, carry out the principles of friendship, then you'll have that as a solid foundation, and then you'll be able to enjoy those romantic times that, that come as well. But what are the characteristics of a friend? If we're going to be a good friend in our marriages, uh, I want to share three with you. Number one, a friend is someone who rejoices in your successes. A friend is someone who rejoices in your successes. Every once in a while, I've seen in marriages where people are actually competing against one another, that there's an adversarial relationship that maybe people feel, they don't feel good about themselves in life. And so when the other person experiences success, instead of being able to rejoice with that person because they've experienced success, they feel threatened by that and they are jealous of the success and actually have some kind of you know, view, I've got to pull this person down or, uh, you know, so as not to let them get too high above me, that type of thing. And here's something that's important about marriage, and that is God did not call us to compete against one another. God called us to complete one another. We're to complete one another, not compete against one another. And a friend is somebody who will rejoice in your successes. Number two, a friend is with you in trouble. If you want to find out who are your true friends, just have a crisis. Someone said a, a true friend is someone who walks into your life when the rest of the world walks out. A friend is with you in trouble. You know, one of the things that Lisa and I have enjoyed over the last 35 years of marriage we haven't enjoyed the, the challenges we faced or some of the you know, problems that arose. Um, but one thing we have enjoyed is being able to work through some of these things together. Uh, when you've been through thick and thin and you endeavor to bring out the best in each other, not the worst in each other, that you're able to um, encourage one another, uh, go through trouble together, uh, that's a real good uh, sense of satisfaction it, it really brings people together when they go through the challenges of life together uh, I like um, what another point is is that a friend sees the good in you uh, one person said a friend is somebody 
who knows all about you and loves you anyway. And that's a pretty good uh, statement. A friend cultivates the good in you, brings out the best in you. They build you up and do not tear you down. And then a third factor that's very important in marriage. One is uh, that a friend is, uh, uh, rejoices in your successes, is with you in trouble, a friend sees the good in you. And another major factor in friendship is just that element of kindness. Uh, many people are wanting to know what's the secret to having a better relationship and I think one of the absolute major factors is simply to maintain kindness in the marriage. You know, monitor how many words are coming out of your mouth that are critical, that are sharp, uh, that are put downs, and then how many words are coming out of your mouth that reflect true kindness, that reflect encouragement, that really seek to uh, pull the other person up not put them down. I like what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says, verses 9 and 10. It says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one, notice this, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. He has no one to help him up. In this journey that we call life, in this journey that we call marriage, when one person is weak, uh, the other person is called upon not to belittle them, not to degrade them, not to denigrate them. But when one person is weak or one person falls, it's the responsibility of the other person to really pull that person up. And to do it in a spirit of kindness, to do it in a spirit of meekness, and, and that encouragement is one of the things, that kindness will keep marriages healthy and strong. A third factor that is a necessity in friendship is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Uh, Ruth Bell Graham said, a, a good marriage is the union of two forgivers. And I think we need to be careful when we stress forgiveness, we, we definitely want to make sure that people understand how important it is to not be harboring bitterness and resentment and a grudge. You know, unfortunately, some people have held on to certain grudges uh, for so long that it's literally poisoned the marriage. It, it has made the relationship very toxic. And on one hand, we want to stress how important it is to forgive but on the other hand i want to say this we also need to make sure that for example i as a husband am not doing things that i know are you know irritating and uh, upsetting and offensive to my wife and then just continue to say oh forgive me forgive me forgive me if I continue to do things that I know are perpetually irritating and just assume that I'm just gonna keep saying forgive me forgive me forgive me and I'm doing it deliberately and in an ongoing fashion uh, that is really abusing the graciousness of our spouse Yes, forgiveness must reign, forgiveness must rule in our marriages, but let's make sure that we're not just uh, forcing the issue by perpetually causing irritation. 
But kindness is so important in, in this making a relationship better, making a relationship better through friendship, uh, through kindness, through forgiveness. It's all very, very essential. And then finally, let's just take a look at the word marriage. We're, we're going to be people, we're building, we're, we're building something better, and what it is that we're building better is marriage. Uh, God himself, and this is so important, especially in this day and age, it's important to understand that God himself is the creator, the designer, the author, and the architect of marriage. If man created marriage, then man has a right to define it. But if God is the author, the architect, the designer, and creator of marriage, then he is the one that has the authority to define what marriage is and to give us the principles that will contribute to a healthy, strong, and vibrant marriage. I just love what the book of Genesis says, Genesis 2.18. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And he said, I will make him a helper comparable to him. Uh, God is the one that had the idea of marriage. And he created marriage according to a certain pattern. And, and when I used to do a lot of marriage ceremonies, we don't do that. I'm not pastoring now. Um, but when we used to be in pastoral ministry for many years, I did marriages all the time. And one of the things that I would say in every marriage ceremony, just to remind couples and remind everybody present of, of what God thinks about marriage, I would always say this, that God did not make Eve out of Adam's head to rule over him. Neither did God make Eve out of Adam's feet to be under him or to be trampled upon by him. But God made Eve out of Adam's side to be equal to him, from beneath his arm to be protected by him, and from near his heart to be loved by him. And, and so we see that God had this original pattern to begin with. And one of the things we read in Genesis 2:24 is, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. You know, I think that becoming one flesh is, is really the essence of what building a better marriage is all about. Because you're still a unique individual, even when you get married. But when God says that we will become one flesh, I think he's talking about more than just the physical consummation of the marriage. I think he's talking about where a husband and wife essentially become one, they become partners, they become a team in every, every aspect of their being. Spiritually, they become one before God in their shared commitment and belief in God. Emotionally and soulishly, they become one in their sharing of one another's burdens, sharing of one another's joys, sharing of one another's griefs, 
uh, they become partners spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. In the entirety of their being, uh, they take on an attitude of partnership and teamwork, believing that God is able to help them become and function as one. Obviously, that process is not always easy. Uh, there is one Bible verse that I say is the only New Testament promise concerning marriage, and it's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, 28, when he said, those who marry shall have trouble in the flesh. And, and that verse is why we have all those kinds of jokes about marriage at the beginning. And like I said, we have to keep a sense of humor. Uh, we need to take marriage very seriously, but we should never take ourselves too seriously because we all are learning and growing and uh, becoming what God wants us to become in this pursuit of a marriage relationship. Let me just share these two things in closing. What we have before God when we step into marriage is more than a contract. It is a covenant. In a, in a contract, an earthly human contract, your goal is to protect your rights and to limit your responsibilities. If you've ever been in a contract, that's essentially what you're doing. You're wanting to protect your rights and limit your responsibilities. But in a covenant, you give away your rights and you embrace your responsibilities. If I'm going to love my wife the way Jesus loved me, then I'm going to surrender my right to my preference, uh, to my comfort, to my convenience, and I'm going to embrace responsibility to love her, to honor her, and to serve her. In a contract, you protect your rights and you limit your responsibilities. In a covenant, you give away your rights and you embrace your responsibilities. And finally, let me just say this. If you're taking notes, if you have paper in front of you, you might just write down the word united, U-N-I-T-E-D. And look at that word united just for a moment. That's what God wants us to be in life. He wants us to be united. He wants us to be united in His love, in His peace, in His purpose. He wants us to be united as we face the tasks and the chores and the responsibilities of life. Below the word united, write this word, untied. Untied, U-N-T-I-E-D. The only difference between united and untied is the position of the eye. When the eye gets out of place, united becomes untied. As a Christian, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, when I enter into marriage, what I'm saying is I'm not going to be the king of my own life. First of all, Jesus is going to be Lord of my life. And secondly, I'm going to put my wife before myself. I'm going to put her needs and desires ahead of my own. I'm going to put what she needs in life ahead of my own preferences, ahead of my own comfort. I'm going to be uh, a servant. I'm going to give my life for my wife, 
even as Christ gave his church himself for the church. And so God wants us to build better marriages. To do that, we've got to, number one, be builders, not destroyers, builders. Number two, we've got to always be moving in a direction that is better. We're going up higher. We're looking for the quality of life that God has. We're going to build. We're going to build better, and we're going to build better marriages. We're going to have a covenant before God that is strong because he empowers us to do that. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for every person here today. Lord, I know that not everybody here today is married. Lord, some people here today are, have never been married. Some have been through uh, some heartache and distress, and, and uh, others have perhaps lost a spouse uh, to death. But Father, we know that you love every single one of us, and we know that wherever we are in our lives, single, married, you have a plan for us, you have a purpose for us, you have love and meaning for our lives. And Lord, we just ask you to give everybody wisdom and comfort and peace. But Lord, today we're especially praying that grace will be poured out upon married couples and that Lord, you'll help us to be builders. You'll help us to be better and you'll help us to have a covenant relationship with you and with one another. And Lord, I just want to pray right now. Uh, there may be people in this place today that have never given their hearts and their lives to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and, and you don't even remember if you've ever had a moment where you accepted Jesus on a personal level. Uh, and today in your heart, you just want to know that you know that you're right with God and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive the forgiveness of sin. Or maybe you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to God in a very meaningful way. There may be a handful of people here in that situation. I'm going to ask everybody to do this with me because if there's people here that have never accepted Jesus, we want to lead them in prayer right now. If there's people here that need to rededicate their life, we want to lead them in that prayer right now. And I'm going to ask everybody to join. Let's help them pray that prayer together. Would everybody please pray this after me? Say, Dear God, I come to you right now. I thank you that you love me so much that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he went to the cross and shed his blood for my forgiveness. And I believe that God raised him from the dead and that Jesus is alive. And right now, he's offering me gift of forgiveness, acceptance to make me a child of God. Jesus, I receive your sacrifice on my behalf. I surrender my life to you. I give you all of my life and all of my heart. And I thank you that you said that if I would come to you, you would never turn me away. I'm coming to you today. And I thank you that you've taken me in. You've made me a child of God. I'm a new person in Christ. God, help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. 
Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.